Hi guys, this is Joseph and welcome to the PM Magic Podcast. Here we talk about tips, tricks and strategies around products and product management and we make it fun. Join us on Fridays at PM o'clock. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the PM Magic and today we'll be talking about what is product discovery and why you should care and I have with me Philips, Philips say hi, hi to you. Hi guys, good to be here. And Alamin. <laughs> hi guys, it's Alamin. Yeah, that's Alamin's prime intro. Alright, so yeah, so we'll be delving into the topic, you know, um, People, product managers especially, when building a new product, they really care about, oh, is it easy to use? Do my customers like it? Um, do they have challenges? I hope there are no bugs. And you know, you have all those thoughts, but you know, how about starting from, is this product even meant to be developed at all? Should you even build this? Um, is this what your customer really needs? And not wait till when you build it to find out. So we'll be ask, answering these questions and more. Um, on this episode. So, we'll start with Philips. Philips, what is product discovery? Alright, um, so product discovery is a very dynamic, iterative process, right, of discovering uh, the problem or the market needs and building a product that fits that market. Um, I like to emphasize on the fact that product discovery is dynamic it's not very straightforward it's very dynamic and then it's market and user driven market in the sense that um at every point in time you also need to keep your tabs on the market and user driven in the sense that for more often than not your users determine um what should be built you know so that that process of you know figuring out what the market needs what your users need and what solves any problem in the market encapsulates product discovery. Alright, awesome. Um, I think Philips has done a great job. So I'll move to the next question with Alamin. Uh, I know you're like a resident tech bro and you're an all-rounder. You know, you've done product, you've done dev, you've been there, done it. So, but for a product manager, what do you think he needs to do? What are like the first steps he needs to take for product discovery? So, um, for a product manager, um, the first thing you need to discover is what are you trying to solve? Mm. What are you building? Okay, what problem are you trying to address with that product? Does the pro- uh, pro- does the problem exist, or it's just um, it, it is, <laughs> it's just imaginative to you? Is it a real problem? People is it, is it, an, is it an assumed problem or exactly. is it a real exactly. problem? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and then. The next question you need to answer is um, who are you building this product for? Mm. Okay. You have a problem at hand. Who are you trying to de- address this problem to? And who needs this product to solve this, uh, to solve this particular problem at hand? So um, these are the two prime questions you should ask yourself as a product manager before um, thinking about how to go about building a product. Alright. Thank you, Alamin, for that wonderful answer 
So, Phillips, um, over to you. Alamina has told us the questions that he should ask. Now that he's asking those questions, what does he do with them? Or what does she do with them? Yeah, so um, if you are working on an organization already, of course, you need to speak to maybe the stakeholders, uh, speak to a couple of persons. You know, if, let's say, for instance, you are now building like a brand new product from scratch, you do not know what the problem is, you now have to start speaking to prospective users. Um, that's where all your customer interviews, the focus groups you want to you want to speak to. That's where all of that comes in. Don't forget that it's very user centered, user focused, and that's where you should start from. Talking to your prospective users, validating that problem that you think exists, and knowing what solutions you know they want to they want you to build for that problem. All right, thank you. So um. Now, what can I do? So, let's say a, a product manager um, talks to the customers, um, does qualitative and quantitative um, validation. I, I'm already saying that yeah. with a smile because <laughs> after I ask this one, that will be the next question. All right, but so how can you be sure that what your customers are telling you are correct? Because, you know, for example, I found out that Many products that we're using today, for example, the smartphone, a couple of years ago, people did not think that we can have computers and mobile phones. And I'm sure if you asked them, you would not have gotten that, yes, we actually want computers and mobile phones. So how are you sure you can always rely on what your customers tell you? Yeah, and so I think that that's a great thing about building digital products, right? Um, because number one, it's very iterative. Um, building a smartphone and a computer may not be the same, you know, it doesn't have the iteration that comes with building these two products. But I would say this, that's where qualitative and quantitative comes in. Um, if there is, if you have a cohort of potential users and you're spoken to one, two, three, four, five persons, there, the possibility that there will be a trend or the, the possibility that there will be one or two things that they will say it's now done will definitely exist. And don't forget, you are asking whether exploratory questions or explanatory questions or validation questions, right? Um, if the sample size makes sense, then you can begin to drill down on the quality of their responses. Again, they are actual humans. So there's no foolproof way to know that this year responses are correct. And don't forget, you're building a brand new product from scratch. So that's it for me. All right. Um, and I mean, so, what is quantitative and qualitative research? Quantitative research deals more with um, data. It's more on the statistical side of things, where you know the number of people that are interested in so-and-so futures, you know people that across a broad range of people. And the, the qualitative side of it um, deals more with um, the underlying feelings and emotions around products, you know. So it's actually asking questions like why you get to ask a smaller group of people and understand what feelings they have towards particular problems and how they wish to solve them. So would you put one over the other? Okay. Um, so it's like in every research you do, not just in product development, um, you need both sides actually. Um, and I yeah. think one should try as much as you can to 
um, do both. Yeah. Okay. Balances of the essence. Okay. Really. But uh, I sort of disagree. Sometimes I think qualitative research with the if it, if you have the right if you've done your customer segmentation right and you have the right sample size. I think you will always you will always get more valuable inputs. If you, you just said something, if you have the right sample size, sample Sex. size talks about numbers. So yes. you're right, but quantitative. quantitative. <laughs> it has to be a very great handshake, especially in new product development. It has to be super balanced. Yeah, you're right. But you know, I for one, I don't like maybe my bias is because I don't like feeling surveys. So when anytime someone, a certain person is my very good friend, I'm like, oh no. So that's the thing. Surveys, surveys are, are restricted, right? As as much as qualitative is concerned, I'm not even joking. Uh, the best way to drill down to problems is not just survey. See, customer interviews is like the golden boy of product discovery, honestly, especially face to face customer discovery, right? Because that's where you begin to understand their actual feelings you begin to drill down you know they can answer a particular question and then you see you get an insight into that question and drill down into that question into their response to figure out so many other things so quantitative qualitative there has to be a balance all right so um phillips what if an idea fails at validation hmm if an idea fails at validation, and just to be clear, um, at validation we are we are talking about the user, the potential user. Yeah. So they don't they think it's not a good product. They don't they don't even see the problem. They are fine with the existing solution. Yeah. So that's the thing. Um, it's product development is not absolute, right? What if I have diff- different cohorts of prospective users? I've segmented it into you know various cohorts of users and then cohort one validation doesn't make sense then you know the idea is validated is it the same with cohort two is it the same with cohort three right if it's the same across board i mean imagine you taking one month two months you speak with every single customer you that are in your call and that idea is not validated then it is a no-brainer pull the brakes it's very straightforward, pull the bridge. And sometimes you may validate a particular problem with the users and then the market validating that problem in the market, you can you're unable to do so. <laughs> it's another <laughs> it's another reason to yeah. pull the brakes, really. You know. So that that's that's just you, it, but you know that if a I'm just saying this on a lighter note, if a PM has already gotten a job to develop a product, launch the product, do all these protocol and steps. And eventually he sees that the company doesn't even need the product. So he tells see, them that he's out of his job. So you see that's the thing. It's if you are in an organization and then they are saying, oh we, we want you to develop a product that solves XYZ problem in this industry. That's simple. If an organization has a PM and then you are told you know what Nigeria is a vast market or the USA is a vast market develop a new product, addressing a new problem, you have all the funds at your disposal, go. See, there are two, there, those are two sides to new product development. You yeah. understand? But the latter, the latter part, the PM has more freedom to toss around, to play, do a lot of experimenting. But in that other part... So the first part... The first part... <laughs> what should it do? You've been told, 
to do the particular products, address a particular solution in a particular market, and at the validation stage, you're able to validate that idea. Go back to the stakeholder. More often than not, is a, is a top should, to bottom should, approach. Should you go find back to a new stakeholder. problem? No, go back to the stakeholders. Communicate that feedback. Communicate mm-hmm. that we couldn't, I couldn't validate these ideas and provide the data. Show the data. If the stakeholders, and when I speak about stakeholders, management, you know, yeah. says, you know what, we still want you to go ahead with this, build this product. Then you go ahead. Okay. So that you've made you've made your case. You've made your in my experience, you've made your case, right? You've shown the data, and it can be frustrating. That's the truth. Yeah, so imagine building a product exactly. You don't love. You, exactly. Imagine that, and it is and it is very. I say this because Nigeria is a very peculiar market. Right, a lot of the times PM just go about you know doing stuff because the organization man has wanted them to do it. There is no data backing their decisions up, but they just have to do it. All right, so I'll ask the last question before we call it a day. Um, Alamin, so you know, we're talking about the validation, research, and all of that. What about money, profits for the actual company? The company needs to make money. SF is a charity organization, of course, but if it's not, they're doing this to make money. So how does that fit into the picture in for the product manager trying to determine things like the pricing strategy, also trying to even determine are people willing to pay for this? You know, what what kind of questions should he be asking the users? What kind of thoughts should he be going through? Or taking his team through to arrive at the right answers. First of all, I'm not good with the money questions. I don't know why you choose me to answer this. Um, no, you know you no, like money, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, well, to some extent I can say that. Well, um, so from the very onset, it uh, it has to do with what the company is um, set to achieve, how the company moves um, in of itself. You know. Some companies um, are, uh, start with, a, it depends on the market entirely. So if you are in a market where you can raise money, you raise uh, room for failure, where there's room for growth, where you can keep on trying things, moving around, like, you know, high risk, high return, you can actually explore more. Like Okay, so more like exploring different strategies, try exactly. this, it works, experiment this, and stuff like that. Yes, exactly. So, so, so you try this, it works, you try this, um, it, get, it gets to a point that your product becomes profitable, you start making some mm-hmm. revenue, what do you do with the money, put it back into the business and expand more. Um, no, it depends on the market, it depends on your investors, it depends on the stakeholders across board. You're right. How but to go about pricing. Just to add, I know I'm the one asking, but I think I get the answer as well. <laughs> so just to add to what you said, you know, I think one thing the product manager should really do is there are a million and one business models or exactly. pricing strategies out there. I think it, the, the goal is when you are understanding your users or your potential customers is to find out what kind of payment system or strategy will work for them. Is it that they don't want to pay at all, so they want to resort to ads, <laughs> or would they be willing to pay subscriptions? You know, and you know, I don't think this would work by actually just telling them what would you like, how would you like to yeah, pay. Exactly. But 
you know, just asking them questions like um, knowing their lifestyle of, of the segments or the cohorts, like Philip says. <laughs> I'm borrowing his word. So um, just find out, you know, what, what kind of payments would they want? What kind of, how do they pay for that stuff? Are there things they already pay for currently? How do they pay for them? Um, what things uh, do they use the most? What products do they use? Is an enterprise product? Okay, was there something you were doing before this product, you thought of this idea or this product came to market or even came to you? How were you doing that? How were you paying for it? So those kind of questions gives you an insight into what the customer will likely do in your case. And from there, you can actually start testing with available data. Yeah, I just wanted to lay emphasis on what Joseph just said. Um, you see, you won't be able to, PMs will not be able to make all these findings by just rolling out a survey. These are things you find out by actually speaking with your prospective users and customers. They are not things you'll find out, you know, by the IRS buses to a survey, but by actually taking the time to speak with them, get to know them, talk to them, and do all of these uh, other tasks that uh, will be able to validate whatever strategy you want to employ to price your product. All right. Thanks, Philips. Thanks, Alameen. Um, I think we had a good time. I hope I viewer listeners rather um, have a good time as or had a good time as well yeah so we're coming to the end of today's episode thank you for listening next week another friday pm magic will come your way like you know pm is for product management and also for post meridian post post it in the evenings all right so have a wonderful weekend rest well and get charged up for work next week Bye-bye. Bye-bye.